0: It's Andrea here. I hope you're doing as good as can be. I am the author of Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction. And of course, this is the SYKM community. So we are here so you do not feel alone. I know when I was in the muck of Loving Someone with an Addiction, I felt so alone and I really did need support. So that is why we created this podcast for you. We are here to support you. You're not alone. And it's really important for you to know that. Um, The other thing we're going to talk about today that will help you are basically survival tips for loving an addict. Now, this is hard. It is one of the hardest things I've ever gone through. Now, if you hear chirping in the background, that's actually my bird. (laughs) I have a love bird. I absolutely love it. And it's actually a funny story, Um, when my addicted loved one disappeared from my life, uh, it was interesting because a canary flew right into my back door, like right into my sliding door. It came on my back deck. So it must have been someone's pet that they lost, but it came right into my home. It became such a beautiful, wonderful pet that we had. And of course, we asked all the neighbors if anyone lost a bird, but nobody claimed it. So it was a wonderful, wonderful gift that came into our life. And you know what's funny is I looked up the meaning, the psycho spiritual meaning of a canary, and it Was basically that sunshine will be returned to your life and happiness will be restored. And oh, I felt so down. And I remember I was like scraping blacks like spray paint off the windows in the garage that my addicted loved one had sprayed. And I remember thinking, I am letting the light back into my life. And so anyway, I share this story because my canary did pass away more recently and it was so sad, but I realized I'm a bird person. I love birds. So I got a new baby. I have a baby love bird. Anyway, that's a whole side story. <laughs> so let's jump into survival tips for loving an addict. So there's, quite a few of them, but we're just going to walk through each one of these and just hopefully this can offer you some support and just help you because it is like, you know what? We need survival tips. We need some like first aid when it comes to loving someone with an addiction. It's really hard. So here we go. So the first thing we want to do is come face to face with reality. So it is hard to deal with the reality that someone close to you is, you know, Addicted is someone close to you, is you know, in this world that you have no control over. It is so hard that to accept that the situation is, you know what, what you are dealing with. I couldn't even believe it. I couldn't believe what I was dealing with because it was a hidden addiction for so long. And that, you know what, this is the first step to surviving is to realize that when you love an addicted person, a person you love, an addict, it is really hard. And sometimes we live in this place of denial where we don't really believe that there is a problem because we actually maybe are being told that. Um, And we hope that they're just going to magically stop or that they're going to magically get better. But unfortunately, there is no such magic. Things are not and will not get better just because you wish that they were going to get better. You cannot wish hard enough. And I'm sorry if this sounds crazy or harsh or hard on you. um, But this is one thing that you do have to come face to face with is the reality that you know, this is a part of your life now. This is a part of the path that maybe is not in your control. And as a result of loving someone with an addiction, it's it's really affecting you. It affects you on so many levels. So they're in a different world and we don't have control over it. And you might be feeling a constant worry, a constant nagging, you're ruminating, you're worried. Uh, You may find yourself being asked, you know, for money, for support. You may be having money stolen from you. You might be feeling guilty to say no to someone in your life. So these are all things that might be coming up in order and you're trying to keep the peace. So the first step is to recognize that that you know what, whatever your particular situation is, Acceptance of what you are dealing with in your life is really one of the first survival tips that I can offer you for loving an ad- addicted person. It is the first survival step because I know for me, I was in, you know, I was thinking, well, no, we don't have a problem. I'm going to believe him. He sends me these love letters after, you know, night of binging. He's so apologetic. Like I just kept going through that on that roller coaster, on the roller marigold around over and over again. And so I did have to come face to face with the reality that, wow, like this is what I'm dealing with. And it was really challenging, but that awareness is key to survival. All right. So another survival tip is, um, discover how to love an addicted person and, and this is the key part. Stay healthy in the process. This is so hard because the reality is, is, you get sucked into their vortex. You get, you know, pulled into the muck. You feed into. Sometimes we're gaslit. We're like manipulated. And so there are actual effective ways to deal with the addicted person in your life. So just as there are ways that you, um, you know, that you maybe you could be ineffective, there's also ways that you could be effective as you love someone with an addiction. So learning to distinguish whether or not your actions or how you are uh, is showing up in your world, how they're contributing to your well-being. So making sure that you are showing up for the addicted loved one in your life, of course, um, discover how to love an addicted person, but also how to look after yourself becomes a survival mechanism, right? So knowing how to set boundaries, appropriate boundaries, it's a very important skill to learn and to practice. And you might want to explore the reasons that maybe your boundaries are getting broken, right? And really tap into getting firm on your, what you're saying yes to, what you're saying no to, what you need to say no to, what you're going to allow in your life, what, what you value is tapping in. Remember, boundaries are set not to make rules for other people. They're basically boundaries to protect yourself of what you're willing to allow into your life. So another way to keep yourself healthy while you're caring for someone um, with an addiction is to make sure that you're looking after your own life, making sure that you're looking after yourself. You're keeping a balance and you're really working on balancing your own life. Now, this is so hard because I know you become all consumed about that that person in your life, and you're you're doing whatever you can to quote unquote save them. Hence the name of this podcast in my book, uh, and so it is hard. It's hard to love an addicted person. Um, it's really really hard because you tend to lose yourself in the process. So one of the survival mechanisms is you need to love but also stay healthy. So set good boundaries, keep good balance in your life, make great food choices, um, reach out to supportive friends, go do like some fitness or recreation, go for hikes in nature and um, just have time for fun, fun activities for yourself, right? That you actually enjoy. Really, really important. So choose to practice the healthiest way that you can love the person that you have in your life who is addicted. Okay. So another survival mechanism is knowing that you cannot fix another person. You literally cannot control or fix another person. Now I know I wish, I just wish that we could love hard enough to make the person that we love that has an addiction stop. However, it will not work. And it is a sad reality. But this is part of the survival mechanism is recognizing that the only person that we have control over is ourself. We cannot control anyone else. We cannot uh, control the addicted loved one in our life as well. So many people choose not to believe this. They feel like they have more influence than they, they think. So it's really important to grasp the reality of the concept that you only have control over yourself. You can influence your environment, but you only have control of yourself. And I know you've heard the serenity, serenity prayer um, that helps us really gauge um, that we're tr- if we're trying to control someone and we're trying to control a situation, uh, it's, it's, it's a wonderful prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Now, cultivating this wisdom is so key, right? It's knowing the difference between what you can change, what can you do, and recognizing what you can't change. And then stop running yourself ragged, trying to control or fix or change any other person in your life. So that's a hard one, but that's a survival mechanism. Okay, let's move on. So the other thing is to stop blaming the other person and become willing to look at yourself. Now, this sounds so mean. (laughs) It's like, what do you mean? I remember I was thinking in my head, you know, when I thought of this survival technique in my head, when I was in the muck of loving someone with an addiction, I was like, they're the ones with the problem. Like, I don't have a problem. And so the reality is, is that their, their addiction has, you know, influenced my world. But the they, I'm allowing it. I'm staying in that. I am being a part of the problem. So this is a hard one to grasp, and it's it feels it feels tough to accept. But what we need to do, and the real message here, is to take ownership of what you have control of. Take ownership of what it is that you can do in your life. Look for opportunities for growth. Look for opportunities for learning. Look at what you can do, even if it's just, you know, getting out of bed and going for a beautiful walk in nature, or whether it's calling a friend and just, you know, venting to them and just talking with things through with them and and just taking ownership of what you can do to make your life better, to make you feel better. Better and to enhance your well-being and and taking ownership for that instead of blaming, like, well, my life is terrible because of such and such, or my life is, you know, chaotic, and yes, it will be. They will have influence on us. However, we we have a tendency to get lost in the drama, to get sucked into the drama of their addiction. So this is really important just to step away and be willing to step away and focus on yourself and what you do have control over. So understanding you can choose your behaviors. You can choose to get lost in the drama of loving someone with an addiction, get sucked into that vortex, or you can choose to act in healthy ways for yourself, right? Because, of course, we only have control over ourselves. So becoming courageous enough and willing to look at yourself and, and to stop blaming others for the predicament that you're finding yourself in. Make your own changes that you can make. And that is so important for survival. Okay. Another thing that is really, really great for your survival is to learn the difference between helping and enabling. Now, when I was in the muck of this, oh my gosh, I thought I was helping left, right, and center. I was helping. I thought I was helping, but really I was enabling because for example, um, he ended up losing his job and he ended up not being able to make payments on his beautiful truck that he had. And so at the time I did not know about the addiction. It was a hidden addiction and until he couldn't hide it anymore. And what happened was, is I started paying for his truck. (laughs) So here I am trying to help. I thought we were dealing with a mental health issue. But I was actually enabling him uh, without even realizing it. So he he could use his money to purchase drugs to, you know, he could use his time to do drugs. And anyway, so and I kept paying that truck even when I knew what I was dealing with. So that is an example of I'm trying to help, quote unquote, air quotes there. Um, And by giving him money, essentially, right, and allowing him to stay home and allowing him to you know, manipulate me on a regular basis. I was allowing all that to happen. Um, And so the idea is going back to these healthy boundaries is really important and to really actively engage, uh, disengage rather in the idea of rescuing or, and I know I did that. And the thing is we love these people. We love the addicted person in our life, which makes it so hard because if you think about any healthy person, you would do anything for someone you love, right? And Um, and it's so hard, but when it comes to loving someone with an addiction, uh, if we're rescuing or we're quote unquote helping, we actually could be providing this unhealthy helping, which is enabling. We could be, you know, actually encouraging them to go out and, and keep their behavior going, their addicted behavior. So once you stop enabling behaviors, then you can begin to really tap back into your own um, strength, and, and you'll actually have a bigger impact on the person that you love with an addiction. Okay, so the other thing is don't give in to manipulation. Now, this is also hard. They are so good. They are master manipulators when it comes to their addiction because they want to keep that addiction going. Nothing else matters, right? So their fear of stopping is so great that they will do just about anything in order to keep keep doing their, doing the drugs or drinking the alcohol. You know, some of the manipulation behaviors are lying, cheating, blaming, you know, raging or guilt tripping and all those other things that go along with it. Um, The other thing is, is that they may even become depressed. I mean, for me, um, my addicted loved one, had depression. But what I didn't realize is that it was because he was messing with his dopamine in his brain and creating a complete imbalance in, in neurochemistry. And so I felt so bad for him because I thought that, oh my gosh, he's so depressed. He's down. And he would say things like, I really need this. I'm going to go out and I really need this and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, you can see it. So they're, they're really good at manipulating, right? Because they want to protect their addiction. So when you hold your ground and you refuse to give in to their unreasonable demands or their, you know, fake picking of fights or whatever it is that they do, they will eventually realize that you're not going to give in to it. They're not going to get their way. And so by saying no and really standing your ground to manipulation is a really important step for your survival. All right, so let's move on to another one. The other one is is asking yourself the magic question. Right? That it's important to understand that you might just be as addicted to your loved one as they are to their drugs. Now, I'm gonna say that again. So, and it sounds crazy, and it's this whole idea of codependency where we become addicted to taking care of um, other people. So, we become addicted to looking at the needs and the emotions and the feelings and the, you know, the drama that comes with someone who. Uses drugs or alcohol or other addictive behaviors, we focus on them as a way of avoiding our own feelings, avoiding our own emotions, and we, ha- we, we create this sense of worth, or we create this sense of worthiness, or that, that someone might need us, and so we could become just as addicted to that, so the magic question really beca- begins, and becomes rather, how would your life be better if you weren't consumed by the addicted loved one in your life? Oh my gosh, How would your life be better if you weren't consumed by the behaviors of the addicted loved one in your life? Holy cow. Did you just take a deep breath? Because... It is, your life would be so much different, right? I know mine was, and I know that if if the second I turned off the, you know, the focus and turned it back on me, holy jumping. I had so much more peace. I felt so much more empowered. I felt so much better. And this is what I invite for you. It might be scary to think that, you know, you're giving up some of your caring nature, um, but I, I assure you, and sometimes it feels comfortable to be in that caring mode, but I assure you that recognizing that you might need to detach from the needs of those around you and focus on how your life would be better if you weren't consumed by the behavior of your addicted loved one in your life. So really focusing, turning inward on yourself and asking that magic question like, could I possibly be sort of addicted to this person and taking care of them? And I don't even like putting it that way because I remember I rejected it as well. But if you look at it from the standpoint of your life Will be so much better, and you'll have so much peace, and you'll feel empowered, and you'll be able to take back your power if you're not consumed by the behaviors of the addicted loved one in your life. And I promise you that. That is a survival mechanism. And that's why you hear so much about codependency. I know not all of us love that word. Um, And sometimes there's a negative victim sort of feeling around it. Um, So just look at it from that standpoint. Is you know what, let's think about that. And let's just turn inward. And let's think about how, you know, you're not giving them as much a- attention. You're not giving them as much of, you know, you're not consumed by their behaviors. Turn the consumption on to you. Be it all about you. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about another survival uh, tip um, for l- when you love someone with an addiction is know that self-care is not selfish. Self care is not selfish. I know at times we think that how I feel so guilty for going to the beach when, you know, my addicted loved one is struggling um, or whatever that is. It is not selfish. It's healthy self care, it's putting yourself first is putting your oxygen mask on before you put it on your children so you can have air it is about filling your cup up so that you have more to pour from it is essential for your well-being and it is a survival mechanism to recognize that self-care does not equal selfish so self-caring basically means that you're respecting yourself enough to take care of yourself that you're respecting yourself enough to make healthy choices and you're looking at your life in a way that you can really nurture yourself physically, nurture yourself mentally, emotionally, as well as spiritually. It's about getting your needs met. And I cannot emphasize this more. Turning your focus inward is a survival mechanism. You're probably, if you're in the muck of it, you're probably feeling exhausted, depleted. So this idea of caring for yourself, respecting yourself enough to take good care of yourself and meet your needs. So there you go. As an adult, it's your job to determine what your needs are and what it is that you're responsible for and and what you're responsible for basically is meeting your needs. So there you go. Wonderful survival mechanism here. Okay. So another survival tip when you love someone with an addiction is to rebuild your own life. It's literally detaching yourself from what's going on there and turning inward and rebuilding your own life. So getting rid of enabling, getting rid of people pleasing and focus on your own life. Literally take the spotlight off of the addicted loved one and take the spotlight and focus on you. You deserve it. You are worthy of care. You're worthy of healthy relationships. You're worthy and you deserve joy and and moments of happiness, even if it's just a little bit at first. So it's really important. So what would you love to do? How can you rebuild your life? Is there a course you want to take? Is there a yoga class you'd like to participate in? Is there a friend you can reach out to to go have fun and go for a hike, you know, what are your favorite hobbies? What are your activities that would really help you um, to get out and rebuild your life? Um, Maybe meeting new people, right? Jumping into a network. It's just anything that's going to help you feel a sense of accomplishment, achievement, purpose and meaning and self-fulfillment, this is really, really all what you want to adopt. You really want to focus on the importance of rebuilding your life because you know what? I know, I know firsthand I had to completely rebuild my life after um, going through everything when I loved um, my addicted loved one. Okay. So the other tip that I have for you is don't do this alone. Do not do this alone. It is a challenge to love someone with an addiction. Reach out to life coaches, to therapists, to support groups. As you know, with the Saving USYKM community has a wonderful Facebook group, private Facebook group. Um, reach out to friends, family, and make sure that you know there's no, no shame around this. We need to tap into our resources. You are not alone. And uh, that is my mission here, to really help you. So that's basically it for today. It's survival tips for loving an addict, right? Come face to face with that reality that, you know what, you are dealing with some hard things here and it's really, really challenging focusing on accepting that as reality, right? Not being in denial, really notice, you know, what is going on and acknowledging it. And then also discovering how to love an addicted person and stay healthy at the same time. Knowing that you cannot control or fix another person. So basically, it's that serenity prayer. Prayer, prayer stop trying. It's not going to work, um, and stop blaming the other person. Tap into your own life. Take control of your life. You know, learning the difference between helping and enabling. And then also, don't give in to all that manipulation. It just—it's so common. Look inward at yourself and what it is that you want, rather than con- being consumed about someone else's behavior. Focus that spotlight on yourself. Rebuild your own life. Turn the t- attention to you, and focusing on self-care. Not being is not being selfish at all. And finally, you know, reach out if you need added support. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you want additional support, you can head on over to my website at andreasidel.com, where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me Loving Someone with an Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes and, of course, Share this with your community and your support groups or anyone going through this struggle so that we can all work together to take back our lives and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but also week after week. I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes every single week so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.